poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Philosophical Friday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and Duncan Palamortis. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Philosophical Friday as part of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcasts. Uh, this is your co-hosts, uh, Peter Birmingham, and yours truly, Duncan Paul Amortis. Happy New Year, Peter. Happy New Year, everybody. How are you today? Thank you, Don. Yeah, I'm good, Duncan. Uh, thank you very much. Welcome to the listener. And uh, again, for me as well, a happy new year. Um, starting off 2023, we're just going to get we're going to get straight into it um, with today's topic, which has been an interesting one mm -hmm. um, suggested to us by uh, some of our OG uh, Greatness Village members, Howie and Ian Jenkins. They all had a, mm -hmm. a hand in this one. And it's a it's it's a kind of a sensitive topic in a way, mm -hmm. and it's 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 one that's particularly should be particularly of interest to, to poker players, and that is the topic of gambling, and specifically, and particularly... I think, yeah, I think specifically where where Howie when he first suggested it was coming from that he he made the distinction he had been looking at symptoms of gambling addiction um, in particular that, for the American yeah, listeners, that, yeah. Yeah, something had something had prompted him to to look at that, and um, he thought there might be some correlation between sort of high performers and actual, you know, people in a sort of a problem gambling area. That there, there there was bound to be some crossover there. Absolutely, and he this will be an interesting topic to sort of for us to get into. So thanks very much for the suggestion, and we'll uh, we'll 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 get into it. Absolutely. And we'll do our best to, uh, you know, talk about this topic. Uh, a, a couple of things uh, that I want to say right off the bat, because, again, the the the, uh, the topic of gambling addiction is a, a sensitive one. We want to remind all of our listeners that uh, we're not doctors of medicine. Uh, if anything, we're the other type of doctors. <laughs> and we just uh, express opinions. This is for entertainment purposes only. And, of course, uh, if you have any sort of trouble you need to seek uh, a medical a medical professional's advice. That goes without saying, but you all know we have to say all that stuff. Now, with with that uh, out of the way, um, I would just want to give shout out to, uh, like like Peter said, to Howie, Ian, and Jenkins, and Howie in particular, who started this topic. Um, basically, he and I'm paraphrasing, of course, to to turn it into questions. He he asks the following questions: You know, what are some symptoms of gambling addiction? Do all poker players demonstrate them to some degree? And when should someone consider seeking professional help? And, and our approach, of course, will be incredible questions, by the way, but our approach will be try to um, sort of like approach this from a sofa conversation, you know, a, a couple of friends, you know, over a couple of beers discussing this, you know, what, you know, would we uh, would we do? What are the thoughts that go through our minds? What are some um signs we can see and then there were the, the the questions or comments added by ian and jenkins that were basically can be translated into where does obsession 
fit into all of that because often there's a fine line between gambling addiction and extreme obsession. We'll definitely want to touch on that. And can the two words be used interchangeably? None of these questions, by the way, are trivial. Uh, and there's uh, dangers in taking one approach or another. Just very briefly to uh, sort of like whet the listener's appetite, using these words interchangeable could potentially devalue um, the um, usefulness of our language, right? If we mean the same thing by words like, let's say, addiction and obsession, then some of these words will look their meaning and the potency because uh, we will not exactly hitting the nuance that is hidden behind those words. So we wouldn't need as many words in our vocabulary. And the reason we have these extra words is for a reason, because we need to hit specific nuances that help us, you know, bifurcate uh, between uh, a concept which is similar, but actually different. And and that actually brings me to the first thing we can discuss. We're going to hopefully to discuss four main aspects of it. We're going to try to give a definition, which as we will see, it's very, very difficult. We're going to try to talk about symptoms. We're going to try to talk about possible causes and finally talk about some uh, some heuristics. And uh, starting uh, with uh, with the definition, uh, let's let's start there. What would you give as a, you know, over a couple of beers table definition and I don't mean to, to belittle the issue. What I'm trying to remind everyone is that, again, we're approaching this from a sort of like a practical standpoint, like two, two people worried about perhaps themselves, perhaps their friends, perhaps their family, and having this discussion, you know, over over dinner, over uh, over a couple of drinks. So what would be your definition, Peter? Of, of, so if of, we were to... Uh, yeah, I, I think if we're, if we're going to, you know, if we're keeping it like, I mean, sort of not having as a, like a textbook definition. If somebody was to say to me, you know, what would you consider, you know, an addict or, you know, let's say, for example, in gambling. Mm -hmm. And my first thought would be, well, somebody who um, obviously bets a lot, mm -hmm. probably chases their losses, mm -hmm. um, doesn't really think of the consequences when they've lost the money. They'll put mm -hmm. more money on the table than they're than they have to lose. And um, there's no sort of bankroll management or strategy around money management, mm -hmm. and it has a negative effect on other aspects of their life. But yet they don't. Um, they consistently engage in this kind of behavior, and that's. I, I think that's. A sort of a fair approximation of how I would how I would view it, and I would I would agree with you hundred percent. So uh, we, we're trying to approach this from what are some properties, right? So in order to understand what an apple is, we start by just uh, sort of like visualizing in our heads and some things that come to mind is something that's between like a circle and a square. It's reddish. It has some curves. It has a stem, and then. You're describing gambling addiction through, through some of its properties, you know, uh, chasing losses, no consequences, lack of control, negative impact on, you know, in other areas of life and, um, and potentially, uh, you know, bad bankroll management and things like that. And I think this is 
this is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly helpful as, as a first start. As we will see, and the reason why I think this topic is incredibly interesting, and I realized that by, you know, um, Howie, uh, Ian, and Jenkins chiming in and, 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 and talking about it as well, uh, the reason why it's tricky, it's because, unfortunately, a lot of these properties show up in different areas of life, right? An example of that would be someone like David Goggins. He's putting a lot of time and effort, right? He he doesn't stop. Um, he, he doesn't know when when to stop from an outsider's perspective, right? You know, does it have negative impact on his life? I mean, it depends who you ask. Is the fact that you know maybe you know an, an older you know marriage didn't work out? And again, obviously, that's not necessarily the position I have. I personally think he's enlightened, for lack of a better word. But some people may consider him an endorphin junkie. So where do we draw the line? You know, is time a factor? Because some of the most successful people spend a lot of time on something. And as we will see, personally, I don't find uh, all by itself the time to uh, time consumed on a specific topic a, uh, necessarily a, a factor, a symptom, if you will, of, of, of gambling addiction. And, and let me just take us a step back to perhaps go to a topic which is a little bit more familiar to us. And the idea of what is the difference between, let's say, investing and gambling, right? Before we go into, you know, what is the difference between perhaps addiction and obsession, let's try to dissect a little bit. What is the difference between uh, investing and gambling? And um, the reason why such a question might be relevant to us is if you've ever tried to explain to a family member, what is it that you do for a living? You probably have to go through a conversation like that, right? I mean, you were probably trying at some point to tell them that it's more like what I would call uh, the profitable side of investing versus the uh, addiction side of gambling, right? So, uh, in and and the, the way, I mean, I I spend perhaps a little bit of too much time in the book trying to to make that distinction because I think it's relevant. Um, and, and by the way, Peter, I just want to mention something. The reason why I think defining this is important is because we want to be functional. We want each word to mean something different. That's what I mean by functional. We don't want both words to mean the same thing. Otherwise, we don't use them. We want to be as simple as possible. We don't want to you know, say, oh, yeah, that definition has like three paragraphs in it, right? So we need to, to, to make an entry on Britannica or something like that. And we also want to avoid reductionism, meaning we don't want to trivialize things to say that, oh, yeah, this is gambling and just that. Like, you know, going to a casino is gambling. Like, that's too reductionist, right? I mean, just it, it, it too simplified. And we want to avoid that. We want to make it as simple as possible, but no simpler than that. And the personal, and also one more thing about definitions. In the end of the day, definitions are calling things names, which means you can call it whatever you want. However, the difference between what I would call a good definition and a bad definition is that a good definition has these properties, these desirable properties that, you know, when somebody says gambling and somebody says investing, you understand the difference. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, at the very least, we will have something you and I agree on, the difference between addiction and obsession, and perhaps that can give us, help us, you know, navigate this. So the difference that I give between investing and gambling, because I really want to find a lot of bad investing in Wall Street and a lot of good investing inside the casinos. Um, first, a picture. Staking someone who is gambling is investing. And staking someone who does passive gambling is profitable investing. 
So that's not a definition. That's an example for people to sort of like get a little bit of a picture. To me, gambling is anything that uh, requires an initial wager, an initial um, deposit of money with the anticipation of that money going up over time. That to me is gambling. Uh, any sort of, due to, 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 to lack factors, investing is the, uh, not a wager, it's not a wager, is the, uh, uh, investing is the allocation of funds, which sounds very difficult to wager, but it's different, the allocation of funds to an asset that is expected to grow over time. This is what I call a collateral. The difference between the two is the collateral. Investing involves collateral, gambling does not. For that reason, for example, buying Bitcoin is gambling, Right, because there is no growing collateral; it's just owing something. Uh, buying a painting is gambling. Um, uh, you know, playing poker is gambling because there's initial wager, and at the end of the wager, we can get that wager back either at a higher price or a lower price. Buying any object with the expectation of that object to be later sold at a higher price is gambling. And the difference with investing is that the investing is something which is asset producing, meaning it can produce value over time. Like investing could be a farm that can actually produce food. Investing could be a horse which can actually produce income over time. Whether or not they produce it is irrelevant. They could produce income over time. Investing is uh, a stock which can produce either dividend or the company can have shares buying a company is whether it's a whether the company goes bankrupt or not, it's still investing. It can be good investing versus bad investing. But for me, the difference between investing and gambling lies on the collateral. Why am I making this huge sort of like introduction to all of this? Because I'm hoping, Peter, that we can find this little um, sort of like nugget of difference between addiction and obsession by the end of this conversation. What is something that, and we don't have to agree with that. Some people may say, well, I don't like that definition and I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. The reason why this definition obviously satisfies these three things that I mentioned earlier, you know, as simple as possible, functional and not reductionist is that because there's a clear distinction, like you can show me anything, like for example, um, let's say selling insurance, that's clearly gambling. Because, you know, the uh, insurance policy, like owning an insurance company, that's clearly investing, like uh, selling, um, um, how do you call them, like selling options, that's clearly gambling because you anticipate, you know, the price of the option to move in your favor. You have nothing that produces value. Uh, if you are a uh, sort of like a, <laughs> how do you call it, a, a broker, that's a different story because you have uh, income that comes into, in, into, your, into your company. So I uh, to to I'm I'm almost done to finish this I would like us to find a definition uh similar to addic addiction and obsession that uh doesn't call Keith Richards uh from Rolling Stones an addict and doesn't call David Goggins you know an endorphin junkie right because these are people like in the case of Keith Richards is famously has done all drugs known to to man, and he's still, you know, standing. And he's, probably some that aren't. <laughs> some that aren't exactly. There's some that aren't. That's exactly right. And he's still standing. His feet as a fiddle. You know, 
in so some people you know are able to navigate through areas of life in a compl- having different experience than others right and i want to be able to distinguish between uh, people people like that right and so um uh what do you think is a important distinction between let's say addiction and obsession i think the ability to control yourself with regards to the subject is probably one of the most um prominent and key differences between um obsession and just addiction when somebody is addicted to something the the addiction usually has taken over and the mind is focused purely on um obtain you know if it's gambling say the next bet where's the next state coming from and the person loses that sense of self-control they they don't have the ability to change on their own without sort of intervention from you know outside whereas somebody who's just obsessive over something well they're actually more likely to be in extreme control Mm -hmm. of themselves because they're they're probably so um a high performer they're probably very clear with what they want to do where they're going the direction they're taking and they have um a lot of self-agency over what is Mm -hmm. over what they're doing so i think that's that's probably the biggest um distinction between the two for me i i i love it i love it uh peter and just for the sake of the conversation let me push you back a little bit on this, right? Because on the on and I agree on, on lack of control 100 percent Uh let me push you back a little bit and ask you the following question. How do we then respond to someone who makes the following criticism? Okay, I can see you're in self-control. You do this every day. Uh, you play poker obsessively every day. You have self-agency, but then are you really in control when you're saying I can stop at any time, but I do want to grind. I do want to go in there in the ring and I do want to find, but I am in full control. Or are you lying to yourself? Let's say that's the critic. You, you, you understand the criticism here, right? Yeah, so, abso- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and, and that's, that is absolutely a fair point. And I think that is sometimes where, the line the lines get a little blurred sometimes mm-hmm. and especially for poker players and i think i think this without wanting to drag things off topic but um i think the addiction side of it slips in a little bit when people start to tilt mm-hmm. you know i think when tilt you know when things like tilt kick in or and you start to like i mean you're after losing two or three buy-ins right. and all of a sudden i gotta get this back and you know right. you're pushing you're not playing your game. all of a sudden you're not using the same mechanics you would normally use that you would that would help you to play your a game and i think that's where like there's there's a little bit of crossover that's where the lines get a little bit blurred so yeah. i think it's probably a fair criticism to say that yeah well we do have agency and control there are times when we push too far and right. i think we're especially with poker i think we're all guilty of that i don't know any poker player who's never stayed at the tables too long of course you know, in, absolutely uh, so I, I i think that i i think that's an absolutely uh, a fair uh, criticism to to level at it but i think that the, the difference being that 
those instances, uh, for the most part, especially with anyone who stays in the game long term, because I think if you're subjected to this, if this is your behavior consistently across, mm -hmm. the game, you're probably not going to last in the game. But like those who, who stay at a high level and consistently perform well, these are they're very sporadic instances. So I think that while they while they happen, they're not inconsequential, but they're not the biggest factor when okay. when you look at this. Very, very good, and and we'll we'll, we'll certainly uh, come back to this because I I do think um, this is an important point for us to. Uh, and to nav try to navigate uh, understanding again that difference because I think if we sort of like understand that difference we may be able to find a definition and by, by difference I mean the difference between um, you know having that self-agency and perhaps giving excuses to ourselves to continue to do the same thing over and over again uh, day after day but you mentioned another thing you mentioned tilt and I think a lot of people also think of addiction as having tilt but then Again, I will have to ask the question, then what is the difference of addiction and just a mistaken performance? Meaning, you know, you see a high-level basketball player, you know, you see a high-level athlete, they're on, you know, on the ground, they're fighting, you know, the, 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 the team is losing and they start making mistakes. They start fouling the other uh, opponent. They, they don't have it 100% together. Would we say they're addicted or would we just say, they're playing bad for all, for all intents and purposes, meaning, you know, they're still doing what they're supposed to do. They're just not performing at, at highest, you know. So, again, where do we make, where do we make the difference? Because it's human. I think we would all agree that making a mistake, and if we, we can call tilt a mistake, right? I mean, we can call, you know, any incorrect decision a mistake. Making mistakes is very human. Even chasing after losses, it's it's a mistake, which can happen in the heat of the moment. But I mean, we've seen people tilting on other areas of, of, of sports that don't involve money, and especially when the stakes are really, really high. What, what do you think yeah, of that? It's, yeah, it's, this is, this is, a, this is a weird one. And it, it, it's kind of, it, it's a kind of a tough needle to tread with this one, right. because <laughs> like that, I don't think we would ever at any point say mm -hmm. that somebody who plays basketball consistently, unless it really was for some whatever reason, um, having a negative effect in other parts of their life. But even then, there's no, and this is probably as much a social construct as anything else, there's never any negative connotations right. really surrounding mm -hmm. that behavior. And it's if somebody's not playing to their full potential, they're playing bad, they're just underperforming. Right. And that's and that's the way we view it. Whereas when somebody starts, like I mean, um, there's a there's a bit of a, a line from I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Twenty One, mm -hmm. which is about the you know the the MIT Blackjack Black team, Black team. Mm -hmm. and uh, Kevin Spacey turns to the, the the main character and he says, you know, you 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 went off strategy. That's that that's gambling. Gambling. So all you're of a sudden not... you've moved from you've moved away from the strategy. Now you're just gambling. Now you're just chasing your losses. You're, you're tilted, and that's a very fine line. And it it really only comes into play um, when we're talking about people risking money, absolutely as a as a way of you know as a means. Like I mean, I would imagine that we could, if we were to spend a long time, find investments that could be considered just plain gambling because oh, 
the, the person just didn't research the company. The, you know, there was, there was a lot of different facts and it was just a gamble. It was just a pure punt. Um, so, like, I mean, I think this really where the difference lies is that initial putting the money up. If, if, it's, if you're putting money up, then that's where the difference between, you know, that and, say, basketball or football or any other endeavour, really, is that initial you're making, you're putting money forward for a, way, um, a stake, a wager, whatever, whatever way we want to classify that. Absolutely. And then the stakes become, because again, money is tied to wealth and wealth in, in some sense, uh, at least partially is correlated to well-being. People, you know, are concerned about this because you could potentially, um, you could be compromising your well-being in one way or another, it, which is not similar to uh, to basketball, for example. But it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think we're getting into the cracks of the thing. Now, not to <laughs> analyze, you know, like the, the, the movie, but what uh, Kevin Spacey's character meant there, uh, according to my definition of gambling, is you went from plus EV gambling to minus EV gambling, right? Which is why it's important, you know, to have specific com conversations because um, it, 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 what if he's calling that gambling, what exactly is investing? Like, is he calling, you know, the, so we, of course this is a movie, so people, you know, don't have to define things very carefully there, but we need to find the important distinction between what probably in his mind thinks as, as investing and, 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 and wagering with no collateral is the only sensible thing that I could find. There's other people who find other, other sensible things, but it is important to find a distinction there. And and I think it's dangerous and it's going to be relevant to our conversation to attach connotation to a definition. I, I want a definition which can actually potentially, at least when it comes to investing and gambling, I, I want a definition that allows for positive gambling and negative gambling and also for positive investing and negative investing, right? Now, now if... Um, and, and, and the reason for that is because I know that a lot of us, you know, like are gambling profitably. So that's necessary. Addiction versus obsession is different because it could be addiction and obsession. It could actually be the two opposite sides of the same coin. You know how gambling has two sides, positive, plus EV gambling and negative EV gambling and investing has two sides, positive EV investing, and then investing on uncle Jimmy's idea for like, uh, uh, bacon flavored uh, ice cream or something like that. You know, that's, you know, positive investing and, and negative investing, right? So that's the sides of the two coins. I think addiction and obsession is actually the two sides. So controlled addiction is obsession in some sense and uncontrolled obsession is, is addiction. But control is not the only factor like control is not the only differentiation the differentiator and you mentioned a, a, a few things like for example negative impact on uh, on other areas of life but uh to 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 go back to go back a, a little on the idea of how much is 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 too much and how can we differentiate from the person who does that does that every day but they have self agency to go back to the self agency question there is a little bit of um, insight, uh, at least personally, I found that insightful uh, from uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who who wrote uh, the author of Flow, and he makes a distinction which can be relevant to us. And I want to ask you what you think about that. 
And the, the, diff the distinction that he makes uh, in his book and other places, he distinguishes between pleasure and enjoyment. And the, he defines, in, and I'm paraphrasing as always, he defines mm. pleasure as the passive form of enjoyment or enjoyment as the active form of pleasure. What do I mean by that? If you drink, let's say, a, a glass of water and you're thirsty, you're going to feel pleasure no matter what. Whether you like it or not, whether you choose to or not, you're going to feel pleasure because your body needs it. But you may not enjoy it. If you're a miserable person, you can be like, ah, what is these <laughs> days, right? I mean, you can still not enjoy it. So enjoyment is an active, an active aspect. And I feel that the missing block in what we were discussing earlier, right? The basketball player who tilts, the poker player who tilts, it could be that different. And also the player who goes and plays 10 hours every day, but they still have self-control and, and a presence of agency, could be in that difference. The difference between enjoyment and pleasure. Like as an example, we, we brought David Goggins or Keith Richards. Like you look at these people, do these people look miserable to you? Do these people seem like, oh yeah, I completely, I completely regret my life. You know, I completely regret all the drugs that I did. I completely regret. And I'm, by the way, I'm not suggesting people to do that. Like, I just want to be very clear here. Everybody's different, right? And and other, other people would be dead if they were in Keith Richards' position. And other people would be dead if they did what David Goggins did also. That's, keep, keep that, I mentioned that in mind. And let me be on record of saying that again. So, but do these people look unhappy to you? That's that's my question. Do these people seem like, you know, I have a problem and, and I'm acknowledging it. I like, you know, my life, my life sucks. Yeah, no, like, no like they, they, they don't. And that's and that's that's the thing. They they just don't. They're perfectly happy. They seem, you know, reasonably well, you know, together people like, I mean, mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're high performers in their own in their own arenas. Like, I mean, they're so. Yeah, no, they don't look miserable. And I think that that's that's the thing. Like it's there is very much an emotional, I think, an emotional side to this thing. And I wonder how much of it then comes like without wanting to get, you know, and but maybe it needs to be said getting into the sort of the biology of, you know, the sort mm -hmm. of the chemistry. The more biochemistry of it mm -hmm. and the actual the fact that people who have um people who have you know serious addiction problems um suffer from um a, a very low level of and i am going to try and pronounce this word correctly um if i can where have i got it because i had to write it down because there was just no way i was going to uh ah, yes neuroephrine uh norepinephrine Neuroepinephrine, hi. Yeah, the yes. the the, uh, the the dopamine for yeah, in yes, other words. Yes, exactly. So people with um, who you know show addictive behavior, you know, especially in like um, they have extremely low levels of norepinephrine. Mm -hmm. um, so that they're they're always always chasing a high that they're probably not going to get because they've depleted their levels, their actual um, catecholamine response. Mm -hmm. right. um, 
to the behavior is not the same as it was when they first began. And they're always, it's basically they're chasing a high mm -hmm. once again that they're not going to reach. Whereas people who are, I think people who are, who aren't in that situation, who like they'll take a break, they may not, you know, they, they won't sort of burn their, burn their, um, their central nervous system of these, um, you know, sort of responders and uh, hormones. They, they, they won't be severely impacted as much as somebody who's consistently engaging in this behavior. So I think, I think that could, that is a, I think that's a factor. Um, it so, may not be the, the whole thing, but it's definitely, I think it's definitely a factor. Absolutely, absolutely, Peter, and and I'm glad you bring this up. And again, we're slowly moving into into causes, which is, I think is is very, 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 very important. Um, we'll definitely come back to definition and symptoms, hopefully, but by the end of this. But the uh, you're absolutely correct. And just to to simplify for the listener, hopefully. Uh, by not oversimplifying, essentially, this is a constant thirst for dopamine, a constant thirst, like you said, chasing a high, chasing a rust, right? Not all of us have the same sensitivity to dopamine. Not all of us have the same uh, sensitivity to, to the reward system, right? So if we get reward, uh, the, the good chemicals, if you will, from, from our body, not all of us respond the same way. And some people respond in, in what is essentially simplified as in an unfavorable way. So they need more of that in order to feel normal, right? They need more of these releases of the chemicals to, to, feel, to feel normal like other people would. So that is a serious th issue, right? And that could very much be um, a, a problem. That's something that could potentially um, need to be uh, treated or whatever the professional decides to do, potentially medicated. I don't know. I wouldn't say either either way, but there are known to be some, you know, chemical imbalances in uh, in the system. And also there are known to be some social imbalances that could lead to some sort of like, again, uh, at this point, we're defining addiction as uh, lack of control, misery, negative impact uh, on other areas of life and lack of enjoyment, right? Which means you can get the pleasure but lack of enjoyment, meaning, you know, it's like, oh, that feels good, but I hate it so much, right? Drinking a water and cursing your wife at the same time. That would be sort of like the, when you, you're they're thirsty, right? I mean, that would be like a, a way of looking at it. So um, how about some social causes, right? I mean, a lot, a lot of people, for example, they talk about things like lack of meaning, lack of bonding. There is this theory that says, you know, people, uh, you know, uh, go to addictive behaviors because they're trying to get... Uh, and again, come down to dopamine, but they're trying to get the rewards that they would get from social behavior, like, for example, love, affection, you know, connection with other people, which all of these are dopamine releasers, right? I mean, the, the healthiest uh, kind, so to speak. Uh, uh, and they're, they're lacking those, so they're trying different avenues for replacement. Uh, or then there's like things, you know, uh, psychologists will talk about this trauma. I will call it the foggy reasons, right? The reasons that we don't fully understand about the brain, how they could uh, have impacted. Um, what do we think about some of these uh, social, social uh, potential social reasons? I, I do think definitely there are um, a lot of social aspects mm -hmm. to this. Like sometimes, I suppose, particularly with, with gambling, could be seen the actual... Um, sometimes it can come down to just purely loneliness mm -hmm. and the actual social interaction. I know, I know it's a little bit different in America with regards to um, where you can go and, and gamble and place bets, but let's, let's 
take it from, you know, the sort of UK and Ireland point of view, a person can just go to a betting shop um, mm -hmm. or bookies, as we call it, which are on basically every every town has at least two or three right. of these. And you can just walk in. People spend all day there betting on horses, betting on greyhound racing, betting on virtual racing. Right. And for some of these people, it's very much a social. It's it's they're out there. They're meeting some of their friends, and it keeps them. You know, it keeps them out of the house. It's 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 fulfilling. It's fulfilling a social need for them. But unfortunately, the negative byproduct of that is the fact that they're gambling in. You know, they're. Mm putting down wages and it, it, for the most part it's probably uh negative ev gambling as we as we have kind of said so like i mean so that's that's definitely and like i mean from sort of the american perspective i suppose got people who go to casinos maybe mm -hmm. spend time at a poker table and blackjack table even just talking to the dealer mm -hmm. could fulfill you know sort of that 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 need of just that human interaction that they that they don't seem to get they can't get in other areas of their life for whatever reason um and i think as you said like when you were talking about the the foggy reasons i think that's i think most people or most uh, professionals would agree that um you know gambling addicts and gambling addicts or drink you know, drugs whatever there's there's always some sort of underlying mental health issue whatever it, it it can be and even something as simple as you know the inability to socialize or you know make friends for whatever reason that's that can play a huge um that can play a big part in it so that's that's i think that's one one aspect of the the the, the, the social side of it Absolutely, Peter. And and just so that, you know, we can be as fair as we can, I just want to point out that there's also this other side of the coin. Just again, negative EV gambling doesn't equate addiction necessarily, right? I mean, the way I, I put it is that for the professional gambler, uh, negative EV bets may not make sense. But for the amateur gambler, uh, there might be other aspects that contribute to that needle, and they go from minus EV to positive EV. What do, what do I mean by that? Minus EV bet can be a positive EV experience overall, right? So, so the the way I like to put it is, you know, if you buy a lo lottery ticket, we all know these are negative EV bets. But have you factor anticipation? Have you factor talking to your friends about it? You know how? What if you win all of that money? I know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be um, hypocritical here. I don't understand that. I don't enjoy that. I don't buy lottery tickets, but I understand other people who do, other people who do, right? So maybe they assign value to that. So maybe they paid, you know, whatever, you know, 10, 20, $100 for a ticket uh, that, you know, will return half of that amount back to them. But then there's an extra value of, let's say, $500 in enjoyment, in talking to friends about it, in anticipation. Who are we to to put a to put a price on that thing? So, the point that I'm trying to make is that negative EV monetary bets can be plus EV bets overall for some people, right? So, and and, and a lot of these people actually don't have a a a, 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 a gambling problem. So, uh, one thing that I would like to detach from the definition is again the uh, positive or negative EV aspect of it. Like something can be negative EV. And still be uh, in, in enjoyable to many people, as 
you know, the presence of casino <laughs> sort of would indicate. Like people go to the casino and they know they're going to lose money. Households wins, as they say. Uh, even though you and I, we know that's not true. Uh, but people yeah. go, go there, go there regardless. So I just, I just want to, you know, uh, and I, and I do think that's a that's a point well made. Like I mean, like I mean, I'm sure like anybody, uh, uh, we have a lot of poker players who listen and anyone who's ever watched any sort of high stakes stream. And there's always, like, I mean, we've all seen the whale at the table, mm -hmm. 150, 250 grand deep. And every week that they play, more often than not, they lose. Right. Um, and this is, the, this is every week. And, like, I mean, you could sit back and say, like, how is this person just sitting here losing this massive amount of money? They're a very negative EV in this game. But, but at the end of the day, they can usually well afford it. Um, That's right. Very successful people in other areas of their life. Right. It's just poker is just not their game, but they enjoy the experience. They want to sit and play with you know big name players and you know possibly be on on stream and be you know sort of a minor celebrity within the <laughs> within the community. And if as as you say, that's a positive that's a positive outcome for them. So like the money is inconsequential, and to be fair, numbers are. They really are arbitrary because you know my two hundred dollars is not everybody else's two hundred dollars. So, um, yeah, I think I think you're 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 you hit the nail on the head there, and it it really it, to be fair, it really is an important distinction to make there. Uh, absolutely, and you reminded me, like you know, a, a billionaire once said, you know, like a part of the reason why I like to sit with uh, Phil Helmuth like at private games is because I just want to give the guy a bad beat and see his reaction. So I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay. I think it was uh, Tamat Palpatia who said that. I I, yeah. I I could be wrong. Like in an interview with Car Player a few years ago, but like it's just it makes sense. You know, it's 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 it's. You know, for some people, you know, like you said, the 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 value of money is 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 relative, right? So. Uh, and we need to keep that uh, to keep that in mind. So before, like, so we just to to recap a little bit, uh, we were trying to give a definition of you know addiction uh, and hopefully a definition that differentiates addiction from obsession. Uh, we identified a few of the symptoms that I want to I want to talk about again, like you know lack of control, uh, overall misery, disent desensitization, right, which can go down to a chemical imbalance potentially, uh, ne negative impact on other areas of life, uh, lack of enjoyment, uh, presence of pleasure, right? because again, pleasure is something that if we didn't get, you know, anything out of it, there wouldn't be any addiction. So there is pleasure, but not enjoyment, according to, uh, you know, Csikszentmihalyi's definition, uh, and potentially prolonged uh, um exposure like increased time uh chasing losses no sense of consequences uh, some of the symptoms some of them may be more relevant than others and potential causes uh like you said loneliness you know a general lack of meaning potentially lack of, of bonding uh, sensitivity to uh, norepinephrine or like dopamine effects um and then there can be you know the so-called foggy reasons trauma or some other aspects of it right you know like a need need need, need for uh, social interaction. Uh, for some people, that that could actually be enough. Like, I mean, you know, to have a, a, a good sense. But with all of that, how would we define? How would we define addiction? And the reason why you know um, this could be useful is because we need to go eventually to heuristics. You know, how can someone ask themselves or the significant others? What are some things to consider to ponder around 
on whether or not they need to seek, you know, um, professional help, or at the very least, whether or not they need to take matters into their hands, change something about their behavior, and live a happier life. So how would we define, you know, addiction at this point? Yeah, so I think, I think if we're, if we're, if we're coming down, sort of bringing all that under, trying to bring it under one sort of umbrella, I keep coming back to, um, and it, it's a kind of a thought that keeps recurring, is a lot of it is coming down just to the basic, um, your basic human emotional response mm-hmm. to what, to the actual act and the outcome of the act. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's let's keep it keep it online with with particularly gambling because other addictions right. have you know sort of different properties. But with, right. with specifically with regard to gambling, the emotional investment in the outcome of your wager is I think is is very key here. Um, like people do get like not to confuse the terminology with investing on sort of emotional investment, but like people are. When people invest money, mm-hmm. they're they're obviously invested. Like it's it does what it says on the tin. But the actual emotional attachment to the outcome of that is probably not the same as the person who has a problem and goes in and puts, let's say, a week salary on, you know, a horse or red or black in the casino and. They're sitting there at the table or watching the TV with their head in their hands, absolutely sweating the outcome of what mm-hmm. of, of what's happened. Like that's that's a big difference. And that all comes down to the emotional, the emotional attachment to what's happening in the moment. Absolutely. So that's that's actually very interesting. So the the uh it's not it's not the act itself. It is our response to the act that matters, yes. right? And, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and specifically, you know, uh, the emotional aspect of it, which I agree with it 100%. And perhaps, you know, we can dissect that uh, um, response that uh, whether we can uh, uh, dissect this response into several components, the emotional aspect, which is an incredibly important one, and I agree. And then there's also the uh, the... The the, the the practical aspect, right? I mean, what are some of the consequences, whether you care or not is irrelevant, but are what are some consequences that bring to your life, right? I mean, it could be like, you know, financial ruin, or it can be, you know, turmoil in, in the household, whatever those may be. So there are basically, so it's not so much the act itself, but the but the but the consequences, uh, which are uh, and and specifically also uh, our re- response to those, because uh, if our response to those is something that um, still maintains agency, as we said earlier on, we can always detach ourselves from it at all times. And I think, even though this may sound harder in practice or hard in general. I think those who can not detach themselves from it, they know it. And those who can detach deeply inside, they know it. I think we know, like when we are really fully attached to something and we cannot detach ourselves from it, which is the lack of control, the lack of agency, I think deeply inside, 
we know it. A psychologists may disagree with that, and that's where we're getting, you know, like at the at the limit of our understanding. But I think deep inside, uh, one the, the the way, and perhaps this is like a heuristic also. But if you think you might be an addict, you probably are. Is 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 one heuristic. Like if you think you might be an addict, you probably are. And if you enjoy what you do, who is anybody to tell you otherwise? Right. I mean, this is this is something that you know. Um, even though I'm sure people can come up with uh, with, an ex- with exceptions, I think these are probably good heuristics for most people, right? Uh, uh, so I, re- I really like uh, I really like what you said. So the the idea that you know uh, it's the emotional um, uh, response, the emotional attachment in particular uh, to uh, to to the situation. So um, it is the reaction to the act, not uh, not not the act itself, and that can actually is important because it can separate. The obsessives from the addicted, because the addicted is cannot help themselves but be attached, where the obsessive they want to be attached. They don't need to be attached. It's a want versus need situation. And again, it comes down to also, which I think that's why I thought that the uh, intuition of uh, uh, Mihai is very, very important. Because again, he makes a distinction between enjoyment and pleasure. The obsessive can find enjoyment; the addicted can only find pleasure. And this is a huge thing, and that's why also we will see people, especially those people who are high performers, they hate their lives when they're doing some things, and they know they have to do them. And they're like, "I hate it, but I love it somehow." You know, like it's I hate it so much, but then I love it. I I I know I have to do it. I have to study. It's 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 painful and it's going to be nuance based and I'm going to spend a lot of time, a lot of time doing it. So, uh, but I, I I think just to cut in there, Duncan, yes, and I think this yes. is this is a good point to add on to what you're saying. Um, the the other difference in that specific um scenario is the obsessive person is always seeking to grow. Mm-hmm. Good. Whereas the addictive person isn't is is in the moment. They're not looking to rise above the level they're at in any way. Whereas the obsessive person is always looking for growth and the moving forward and getting better. And I think that's I think that's an important distinction to make there. That that's very that, that that's very that, that's very good. Yeah, exactly. So the the the, the person who is um who's obsessive with something, they also need a sense of progress. So there needs to yes. be progress present uh whereas there's no uh there there's no progress there could be where things can get muddy there could be the illusion of progress right i mean you know oh you know it's just uh i'm on a bad streak you know like the, the lies that we start telling ourselves you know yeah. if, we're, if we're addicted to something which can be a danger but from the outsider's perspective from the uh, level-headed person yes there's a clear distinction between progress being present and lack of progress and that's that's another 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 good important point stagnation um versus progress and incidentally incidentally i'm glad that you brought that up this is an excellent point uh the the the, the presence of progress because if you think about it that also goes into the distinction between passive gambling and negative EV gambling right passive gambling leads to progress you grow your wealth right and and i'm talking about just monetarily at this point and then minus EV gambling leads to stagnation because eventually you're going to go to zero so you're not going to have any any more money left so one, exactly 
once again we have we have that uh we 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 have that some 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 similarities there between plus EV gambling and and and, and negative and negative EV gambling which both are fine in in uh, in in their own way um and then uh, just to, just to put the the again the the, the critic spin on the bringing in the, the negative where the person is engaged maybe say playing poker which is always a good example of this one and their negative EV in the game or whatever but the network that they develop through mm. the game has a massive mm. positive EV outcome on all other aspects of their life maybe their business their career in a lot of cases so again a there, there can be distinctions there it's not always the negative EV gambling is not always a positive or is not always a negative EV outcome with regards to the person's life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's it's the it could be monetarily minus EV, but it could be net plus EV, right? It comes yeah. back back to that idea. And, and and I understand, I mean, there's gonna be some people who are gonna say, Yeah, you guys are biased. I mean, these people are essentially your customers, you're trying to pamper to, you know, the whale. The only thing that I want to say is that. These people are so incredibly successful. Like they wouldn't. First of all, they don't need to sit at the poker table to uh, to to make money at the poker table. But like, uh, just common sense dictates that if this was very often. I mean, some of them are are, are junkies. You know, it could be like investment investment banker junkies. Some of them, but like most of them are highly. You know respectful successful people in their respect in their respective businesses so do you really think they would sit down at the table if they if, if they, they thought it would be like a net negative negative experience you know so there is something there like you know the the evidence is sort of like uh self proves that they're getting something out of it or we may not know exactly what they're getting out of it but they most most of these people you know with some exceptions of course included but most of these people they get something out of it um so, um, okay, very good. So, I guess one working definition, therefore, that we have uh, for uh, for addiction is, and again, always we compare it with perhaps with with obsession, so that we can uh, we, we can see exactly the the, the key elements. Uh, otherwise, we'll be having like vague words. So, addiction is uh, an act that shows lack of control, lack of progress, and lack of enjoyment. For prolonged periods of time, and and often is associated with negative impact on other areas of life, potential misery, desensitization, and all of these all of these other things. But for the most part, we're looking for you know specifically lack of progress, like you mentioned, very good point. Uh, lack of control. Uh, we if we're addicted, we cannot change that, and also lack of enjoyment, even though there's still presence of pleasure. In all of these three things, you know, control, uh, enjoyment, and progress are present in the obsessive. Now we can add prolonged amount of times, we can, uh, prolonged amount of time, uh, so that we can we can make this definition more nuanced. But just for the the core elements again: lack of control, lack of enjoyment, lack of progress. Uh, which is why, by the way, just incidentally, I don't think some people say, "Oh, you know, these these kids these days they play video games for a long a lot of time." Time itself doesn't touch on any of these three things, which I think is a big mistake that people are making. Like, uh, and 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 I, you know, uh, 
I don't want to call these people boomers uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm very close to being one. So, but, <laughs> but it is a very short-sighted way of looking at things. Just because a kid plays video games 12 hours a day, it doesn't mean they have a problem. It doesn't mean, I mean, it could be a good, it doesn't mean they don't, right? It could be definitely something to look at, right? But all by itself, spending time on something depending also on you know how well they're performing that's very important that's why progress is very important like uh, like peter mentioned that's very important how much control do they have you know how much enjoyment do do they show right these are very important factors because that kid you know could be the next esport champion on something right and and the the, the the world is changing so we gotta you know take all of that into account and i understand you know the concern of parents and all of that stuff which is why you know sick professional advice for all these things, but it's important to make a distinction. Time alone is not enough to tell us if somebody somebody has 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 a problem. And I mean you would look at Phil Helmuth, for example, when he takes a also I want to say response alone is not enough. You will look at Phil Helmuth when he takes a bad beat and you would think this guy hates the game, right? But that could be fair from the truth. He absolutely loves it and it's clear that he loves it. He keeps going back at it, right? I mean he definitely has enjoyment. And he's just, he, it's his way of venting, you know, we're not going to judge that, but it's his way of venting. So my point is, we have to be careful with those things. It's not time, which is an indicator. It's not how people, you know, it's not the outbursts. It's an inner thing that almost certainly, almost, you know, if you have, do you have control? Do you have enjoyment? And more importantly, are you making progress in a meaningful way? And then there's other things like negative impact. But the thing about negative impact, for example, and I realizing I've been talking for 20 minutes, um, the, the, the negative impact is a lot of successful people have never a negative impact in their lives just because they're working so much. But does that make them addicted? I, I think it's it's dangerous to conflate those definitions. They, they're just making them obsessive and, you know, obsession like anything is going to have consequences. Like studying is going to have consequences. If you study for five hours, you know, you're not going to pay as much attention to your kids or your wife or your significant other. It's it's fact of life. We can't do all things at once. Yeah, and I think I think a, 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 a sort of an add-on to consequences, something you, we can maybe add on that maybe sort of cleans it up a little bit is to say with no regard with detrimental consequences mm -hmm. to a person's mm -hmm. life now again we could argue about you know like some people like like look successful people they they suffer in areas of their lives due to their pursuit of success but that's mm -hmm. in a lot of cases that's a that's a sacrifice they're willing to right. make right whereas i think with somebody who has just no regard for any consequences of their behavior they tend to suffer in all areas of uh, their life and it's not just one area it, they're not sacrificing they are giving up they're just putting it to one side and they have no regard for it in the first instance and i think that's i think that's an important distinction there with the con with regard to consequences absolutely peter and notice how the word sacrifice uh implies control Right, because you yes. can only sacrifice that you, you you own, right? If you don't own yeah. it, you can't sacrifice it. But in order to own it, you have to be in control of it. So if you make a sacrifice, that's a conscious thing you do. So again, the cont control creeps in. So control, yeah. enjoyment, and progress are three things that sort of like creep in. And it's sort of clear cut that the addicted person has neither of those things, nor the control uh, or enjoyment or the... um. Uh, uh, 
I'm blanking out here, control enjoyment or the it, 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 will, it will come back randomly. That's okay. So so it it, it is you, you blanked me out there. So, blanked, so, I blanked on it as well. Apologies, Duncan. <laughs> I should have been there to back you up on that one. I'm a terrible wingman. No, 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 no. Great. I mean, this is no because again, you made that very good point. Like, you know, sacrifice. And again, it brings it, it sort of like helps us Gross. with the definition. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it brings us back to um, sort of like it helps us um, perhaps realize that we may be on the right path. Because again, sacrifice is something that indeed happens and distinguishes, you know, uh, successful people from those who cannot help themselves in a certain area. And and again, the difference goes down goes down to uh to to to, to lack of, to lack of control right yeah so and i the, think that's yeah that's like we we that touches on something that we, we we spoke about before in a in a previous episode when we talked about the idea of opportunity cost right and that's and that's like i mean that feeds into that sort of that idea of sacrifice as well and that's where the control is because you're making a, you're making an act a, a conscious decision so I'm giving up time with my family to benefit myself in this area here. The opportunity cost is the time with my family, but you're willing to make that. And that's 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 the big difference. You see where the opportunity cost is. You just choose to make you choose to make it. Absolutely. 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 Exactly right. So um lack uh, lack of control, lack of progress. Uh, lack, lack, lack of enjoyment as sort of like a, a working definition. And uh, we talked about some of the, the the possible causes, some symptoms. What are some heuristics? What are some ways with that definition in mind, uh, what are some things people can do, first of all, to self-assess or to help other people um, to ask for help to realize whether or not they have uh, they have a problem, I think I think the first I I think probably the first and um, it by no means the most important, but I think the first one and because it's probably the most obvious for most people is the financial impact mm -hmm. of their behavior in with regard to gambling. So if it's yourself, um, if you are gambling. Mm -hmm. And you consistently don't have at the end of you know, like your gambling period, you don't have the rent, you don't have money for your bills, you can't put uh, gas in your car, uh, your finances, other areas of your life are now suffering financially because of your gambling. That's that should be a moment for pause. You know that should be an indication that. You may need to take stock in this area and similarly for people who are possibly worried about somebody close to them um seeing a person if somebody is constantly uh looking to borrow money short term you know can i you know you you're you're aware they have they gamble a lot and they're consistently coming you know can i borrow a hundred dollars or 200 just to like get paid just to cover this cover a bill it's it's fine. They always give the money back, and that's not necessarily the issue. But the thing is that they've left themselves in that position, which is kind of 
indicative of behavior which is not re which may not be um you know great you know it, it, they may they may need to seek help or you may need to have a conversation with like you know sometimes as and we mentioned this just before we we came on air about, about talking you know sometimes it, just talking to a person absolutely um, yes and, you know we can you can ask is everything okay like you know you're this is i don't have a problem helping but you know i want to check and make sure you're okay absolutely can, who knows where that leads um, who knows but i think that? that's a, that, that's a good i think looking at the fine the financial side it's a good it's a good first step to see in um as a as a heuristic uh, absolutely because again this is something which is practical this is sort of objective i mean it's either there like the the, the money is either there or it isn't and and incidentally i mean you're bringing at least two good points here so number one is that um uh, the money is something you know we can anchor to and we can see whether or not it's working but at the same time this is good advice both to distinguish between uh, having potentially addiction or not, but also whether or not you, you're gambling uh, positively or negatively, right? That's also a good advice for someone who say, am I really good at this? Like, I mean, if you like, I mean, you're watching all the videos in the world, you know, you're studying, but then you're sitting at the poker table. And then at the end of the day, you're more often than not starting with less money than you started with, you know, then maybe maybe it's not plus EV. Maybe the games you're playing are not are not the right games. Maybe you can't be beat the game just yet, perhaps, or maybe ever. I mean, I, 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 I'm certainly not the one who's going to decide that. But the point is, it is a possibility, right? So this is not just a distinction between potentially having a problem, but at the same time, it's a distinction whether or not you know you can make money in this game. Because let's face it, like you know, there's only very few people uh, who you know who can make money in in, in this game, right? So yeah, and and it's it's okay either way. I mean, realization is important. The other good point that you brought up is that talking, right? I mean, that's a good heuristic, because the um, the way I like to put it is that as a rule of thumb, talking and not necessarily to a professional, by the way, cannot yeah. make matters worse, and it could help a lot. It's very difficult, you know, like talking can really make matters worse. Like I'm sure you know some philosopher out there can make like an extreme example where this is possible, but in in a vacuum like in in general talking can't really hurt you know just you know you're organizing your thoughts you're hearing arguments you know you you know going back and forth that can help uh organ organize you know the, the what's happening inside inside your mind and could potentially show you things and and other people can potentially show things the only thing i would caution against is that a lot of people doesn't necessarily have the nuanced approach to the issue, right? A lot of people will say things like, oh, you do this for too much time. That is not necessarily the problem. Um, or you are, you know, um, you are neglecting me. You know, once again, that is not necessarily the problem. Or, you know, a lot of negative things happens around. That is not necessarily the problem. It, all of these will be a problem if you were completely unaware of, right? Like, you know, if you you were not, you know, aware that there is a neglect, you were not aware that there's all this negativity, you were not aware that you're spending all of that time, right? I mean, that could be, because it starts showing some lack of control, right? That's that's where it can, it can be helpful. But if, you know, you're sitting to yourself, you're sweating, you say, you know what? I'm at a crossroads of my life. I have to make this huge sacrifice, you know? 
And I know I have to, you know, not be able to see some people for a little while. I'm going to have to study head down, you know, and that people start complaining about the thing you have complained first and foremost that is going to happen. Like you foresaw, then, you know, that's not very helpful from the outside. I mean, you can say, I understand this, but I'm in control of this. I think that's a very important difference, which is why, you know, uh, control can be can be can be very helpful. But I'm I'm mentioning this because I know other people may relate to this, but because we do what we do, we suffer by for, from so much ignorance from the society as a whole. And it's understandable. I mean, they don't understand what exactly we're doing, so people will look at us in weird ways. Oh, you're spending so much time. Oh, you are at a casino. Oh, you know, you know this, 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 and that. And and these words in the in and of themselves. They don't mean anything if the control, the enjoyment, and the progress is there, right? And and by the way, one thing that people can see is progress. So sometimes to shut the conversation, usually showing them some progress or just distance yourself from those people, you can help it. But <laughs> yeah, and this like this is that in particular. This is something like I mean, I think most poker players have have experienced some sort of pushback from you know mm -hmm. sort of friends and family members and i personally for anyone who's ever listened to my uh episode my interview with brad personal interview with brad right. will know that i um i walked away from poker um in around 2008 2009 mm -hmm. from pressure due to pressure right. from um the relationship i was in because they didn't understand, even right. though I was winning, even though I was, it was a positive outcome more often than not. They didn't get all they saw was gambling and the negative connotation right. towards it. I sort of flipped that on its head with the, um, my partner now, who is incredibly supportive, completely understands um, what I'm doing and what I'm trying to achieve, and you know is never concerned that I spend X amount of time right. in front of a computer playing uh, right. playing a card game and gambling for all intents and purposes. It's it's a complete difference. So it it really does, it is very important that you don't, you know, view everybody's um opinions as, you know, the equal. you know, equal. They're not. You know, people people will have a natural uh, bias when it comes to these things. So that's that is important, and not to get too um, not to get too bogged down with people who have very strong opinions. Um, it, that can be, you know, in in, in the negative sense. Look Absolutely. For, look for objective. Look for objectivity. I suppose is probably the the, the cleanest way of, of of saying it. Right, and and objectivity, of of course, is 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 the goal. Uh, the only issue with like looking for objectivity is we're, we're not sure exactly where that lies, right? Because again, sometimes that's true. Uh, high confidence can be can be mistaken for objectivity, objectivity, but it's like a very strong sense of uh, subjectivity. And uh, and not to get too philosophical, some people may even say objectivity doesn't even exist. I I, I wouldn't go that far, but you know, there uh, there's definitely practical objectivity, even if there's no philosophical objectivity. Um, but I, I think one one thing that maybe we can add into the mix is honesty. Honesty, uh, I, I think it's a very important thing, like being honest with ourselves, with those around us. And and you know, uh, if if there's somebody, if there's somebody you trust and you know they have the the 
literally their best interest in mind. Perhaps, you know, question like, you know, how do you perceive my actions? Not, not, not what is your judgment of my action? What is, what is the impact my actions have on you? Because again, you, you just want to see exactly, perhaps you want to, you, you want to measure the uh, impact your decisions have on others. And that other people can be very helpful for that because you can say, you know, how do you feel? Like, do you feel like I'm neglecting you? Do you feel like, you know, how, how does, you know, my way of, of, of dealing with this profession affect you? And that's something everybody can answer, right? You're not asking for judgment. You're not asking to tell, what, what do you think of my poker? I think that's their own question. What do you think of my poker profession? Unless they're professionals themselves, they're not going to be able to answer that. But we can certainly gauge, you know, uh, how much time we're spending because perhaps we're in it and it's it's difficult for us to to get a good sense or how we're affecting other around us that that's going to be even harder i mean time we can you know record that's not so hard but how really what we do affects others that's not something we know unless we're them so asking them can be very very important and then again we can see how uh we can we can navigate through that so honesty i think is is very important again if you have if you think uh, you 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 might be you might be an addict and and because the 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 word addict has a lot of negative connotation probably it means that you're probably experiencing a lot of negative emotion i would say chances are you should look into it at least right because you, you want to eliminate some of that some of that negativity um because again uh there's a difference between pleasure pleasure, pleasure and, and enjoyment. Uh, but if you enjoy what you do, like, you know, it sucks, but you're like, oh man, I'm so proud of, you know, what I've done. Again, who is anybody, like no article in the world, no, how, it doesn't matter how many degrees the other person has. If you enjoy your life, nobody knows how to live it, by the way. There's no, there's no textbooks on how to live a life. So if you're, you're happy with your life, who is anybody, including ourselves, to tell you otherwise, right? <laughs> I would argue two more. I would add two more things in terms of heuristics. Uh, is there any problem in your life? Like uh, th that can also be tangible. Like, do you feel, you know, you know, not enough sleep? Uh, or Peter already mentioned not enough money. You know, a lot of arguments with your significant other. Uh, friends are distancing themselves from you. You know, do you see any issues? That could potentially be a sign. Uh, are you trying to avoid pain in any way? Right, because again, we we talked about dopamine release. Right, is this uh, that might be a little bit hard to uh, to identify, especially if that pain is related to some sort of like childhood trauma. And again, we're getting into the territories uh, at, at the limit of our understanding of things. Then might be a time to perhaps you know consider talking to somebody, not necessarily um, a professional. Uh, any any other heuristics, Peter? Like anything else? We you know we we, we didn't we didn't think to to include here. To cover the sort of the, the main things, and as you say, the stuff that's at the the kind of the, the limit of our understanding. And I think, yeah, just to reiterate what you said about the impact of what we're doing, um, have a look. You know, just you know, try and you know, take a step. If you if you have a a thought, you may have a problem. Like, take a step back and just look look at look at the world or look at your your world around you, and has it changed? since you started engaging in this behavior mm -hmm. that you're concerned about and how has that changed and you know you can take stock of that it may have changed considerably but right. it's not it may not be negative it is it progressive or regressive to your yeah, words it, it would be perfectly fine it's 
that's that's going to be very subjective. Um, like some changes good, some changes bad. Like mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all it's all very relative, and like that, no two cases are going to be the same. But just taking a step back and having a think about your behavior and the impact that it may be having is a great first step because i think if you're if you're already thinking as duncan has said like i mean look if you think you're an addict you probably are but even the fact that you're taking the time to consider that means that you're probably in a better place than another person in the same situation exactly because you're you, you realize there could be a problem and like i think most um organizations that like and professionals would say the first the, the first step to solving the problem is admitting you have one in the first place that's the biggest that's the biggest thing so if you're if you're already on that path and you can take the time to to step back and look at these things like your finances or you know the people around you your relationships and how your behavior is impacting them then you're you're on the right road you're you may have a long road to go, but you're definitely you're definitely in a better place than you were a couple of weeks earlier if you have a problem. Absolutely, and uh, not not only you're on, on on the right step, but even if there's no addiction problem, these are just labels anyway. If you yeah. feel uncomfortable, like the reason why you're asking that question is perhaps uh, you may be uh, engaged in something that brings you. Uh, negativity in your life. So something is off. Like the reason why we ask these questions is because something is off. So at the very least, something needs to change. And let's face it, even without addiction, poker is a very difficult profession to to, to engage in, right? That's why we're having these philosophical conversations. There's so many aspects of it. There's so many things to balance out. You know, there's always improvements. There's always, you know, room for optimization and, and betterment of our entire profession and our lives around it. So at the very least, you know, focusing our attention into whatever is that is not working is a good thing. And then tweaking something, uh, whether or not that leads to seeking professional, uh, you know, advice that I'll, we'll leave that up to you. But there is something if if there if it feels that there is something wrong, there's obviously something wrong. Like, I mean, that's almost tautological. Right? Whether or there is or isn't is irrelevant if you feel there's something wrong. You feeling about that thing being wrong makes it wrong. It's that simple, right? <laughs> and that's that's why, for example, depression. Uh, again, we're getting into a lot of uh, psychology uh, to, today, and again into areas that we're not experts on. But uh, one thing that is philosophical about depression: the, the the reason why depression is such a, a serious issue is that there is absolutely no relevance whether or not you have an amazing life it's completely irrelevant if you feel terrible your life is in your mind terrible and that's a problem that's in itself is a problem so that's why depression is so important you know as as an issue and we need to take it seriously it doesn't matter how your life around you uh, around you is or feels right i mean if you feel that something is wrong, something is wrong because you feel there's something wrong, and that feeling is the wrong itself, is uh, which is very similar to, to 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 depression. So it is a good thing to uh, take a step, take a step for it. 
So, and just uh, to, just to, just to add on to what you're saying, like you made about poker being taxing, there is a reason that probably next to strategy content, the next biggest economy within the poker industry is to do with mindset mm. and mm-hmm. um, you know mindset coaches, people like Jason right. Sue, Elliot Rowe, these right. people, Jared Tendler, the mental Tendler, game yep. of poker, and this is because it's such a huge a, a huge. Um, part of the game is our emotional state and how we are um, when we're playing. It has such an impact. So like looking after your emotions anyway, whether even if you don't have any sort of problem is so important. And if you have a problem, it's even more important because it is extremely, extremely taxing on your emotions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and yeah, I would also say taxing on your emotion and your physicality and, and, and a lot of things. And it, it goes without saying, I mean, I don't think it's going to be helpful to anybody, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with feeling any way whatsoever. I, I know it cannot, again, if that might not be helpful, but it is, it, it goes without saying. I mean, the way you feel is the way you feel, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, right? Uh, it doesn't matter how you feel, that's how you perceive life. Again, I think it all comes down to the fact that there's no textbook of how to live a life. So if you perceive a life in a certain way, that's understandable. That's your way of perceiving the life and who is anybody else to tell you otherwise. The the, the only thing that, that sort of matters is how it is what it is. How do we get from point A to hopefully a better point B, right? And 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 for that, hopefully, you know, we we we, we, we triggered some thoughts, just reiterate some of these things. We try to 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 define uh, addiction, and we, we we define it through three of the main characteristics. There's others, but we you know concentrated on the the lack of control, lack of progress, and lack of enjoyment, which we differentiated from you know the uh, pleasure, which is something that happens passively and is present. Pleasure is present. Why things can be confusing uh, with, uh, with with gambling. Um, some of the symptoms that we saw was like you know. Um, uh, uh, loneliness, uh, negativity, negative impact of other areas of life, uh, some misery, and um, chasing losses, not not understanding of consequences, and 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 things like that. And uh, I said I said loneliness as a symptom. I meant it as a cause, but let, that brings us to the cause. Causes loneliness could be a cause. You know, lack of meaning, lack of bonding, uh, some uh, sensitive. Uh, um, sensitivity to, or lack thereof, I should say, uh, to dopamine effects. Uh, Peter mentioned neuroepinephrine, which is, again, another word for, you know, epinephrine, dopamine, you know, these words are used interchangeably. Uh, some way of avoiding pain, uh, childhood trauma, potentially be some of these reasons and other other foggy reasons. And in terms of, uh, of, of heuristics, look for tangible things. Peter very eloquently talked about the the presence, the the, the monetary issue. Is it working? Where were you a few weeks earlier? Look for progression versus regression. Look at your bank accounts. Is it working? Is it not working? You know, we talked about the idea of honesty. Be honest about yourself. If you think there might be a problem, actually there is a problem. Now, if you think you might be an addict, I'm not going to say you are because these are different things. If you think there's a problem, there is a problem. That's tautological. But if you think you might be an addict, you probably are. You may not be. If you enjoy what you do, who is anybody to tell you otherwise, <laughs> right? And, and and talking, even though can, um, it, even though it may not lead anywhere, 
at the very least, it can't hurt and could potentially have huge benefits because sometimes talking is, uh, that's why definitions can be so important, by the way, uh, talking is a way of organizing otherwise loose thoughts and calling things names, hopefully in a way which is simple to understand, but also functional and not too too reductive. That's that's important with uh, with definitions, right? We want each word to have a certain meaning. Of course, there's going to be nuances. Of course, there's going to be people who disagree with, but you know, we're not here to have like a high level, uh, you know, philosophical paper or something. But it is important, at the very least, to 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 have big chunks of core ideas associated with each word. And hopefully, at the very least, we you know, sort of like the way we perceive it, made a distinction between obsession. And, and, and addiction in the form of, you know, um, progress, uh, control, and enjoyment. Yeah, and I think that's, I don't really have a lot to add there. Duncan has kind of surmised uh, what we've talked about quite very eloquently. I would just say um, to anyone that, to, to the listener, that, you know, take care of yourself and take care of the people around you. And, you know, as he said, Enjoy your life and, you know, nobody else, nobody's going to, nobody can run your life for you. Just be aware of, of the, of your behaviors and stuff like that. And if you keep those things in mind, you know, you will, you will, um, I have lost. Eventually. No, no, no. You will, I, I understand yeah. exactly. You will eventually, you know, you will eventually find find your own path right i mean because again yes like having, exactly having 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 the 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 the, the 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 sort of like the vision of enjoyment is 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 an important thing and it's absolutely okay if you don't feel that way you know like it's absolutely okay if you're not there yet it's an absolutely okay if you feel you cannot get there yet and from a practical standpoint there is a community which is you know uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 village you know you want to share with other people you'll be surprised um, this was actually a topic that uh, a lot of people, you know, like I, I received messages, you know, like people are very interested in that topic. So we're a little surprised, no matter what type of struggle you may have as it relates to specifically addiction or other problems surrounding this, this, this profession, you're not alone. I can tell you that for a fact, you know, this is stuff that, you know, which is why, I mean, we obviously took a time. This is a little bit of a longer podcast, but we want to do the topic justice. And we're going to try to approach it as uh, sensitively, but also as practically as possible. Um, so go to, to the village, share, share your stories, uh, you know, uh, tell your thoughts, writing a message can be, in itself cathartic, right? Because again, you organize your thoughts, you put it in words, you're really trying to understand yourself what is it that you're feeling because you have to put it in coherent, you know, words and and, and expressions. And that's not easy because sometimes ourselves, we're not sure <laughs> exactly what is the thing that, you know, is going through through our heads. So um, greatnessvillage.com, feel free to, you know, join there or the... Other places you they, they, they can find us, uh, Peter, like the, the tweeters of the world. Yeah, find me. Find me. I'm on Twitter, uh, just at Peter Birmingham. I'm there. Um, and again, obviously, um, I'm in uh, Greatness Village. You get there to chasingpokergreatness.com, just uh, forward slash Greatness Village. You find the link, and yeah, that's uh, absolutely yeah. And 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 my Twitter ask the math uh, dr. Uh, or you know, uh, ask the why Alex uh, beats Bobby, uh, which is my you know my YouTube channel. If you're interested in 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 uh, in the video, 
uh, of this uh, transcript. And again, the the regular YouTube jazz. If you like, subscribe, whatever whatever it is you want to do. But hopefully, the most important thing is hopefully you know you found some of that. Uh, our goal with all of this podcast is to trigger thinking. No more, no less. It's all about trigger thinking. Couple of friends, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, we're sober. We can assure you of that. We're we're not drinking any beers at the moment, <laughs> but maybe you know, at some point, you know, we're gonna do a, a celebratory one. So, uh, uh, I for once, I want to wish everybody happy New Year. May twenty twenty three bring you exactly the one step closer to the overall visions that you have set for yourselves. And uh, if that in includes, you know, solving some some problems and and bettering uh, th this beautiful profession of ours. Uh, that that would be great, and hopefully, you know, we can help each other out in in that direction. Yeah, uh, thanks very much, Duncan, for once again. Well, it was a a really interesting and uh, as in depth as we can go um, <laughs> with our with our own personal and you know professional limitations on the subject. But yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, a worthwhile topic, and that if anybody, you know, if if somebody gets even, you know, the slightest bit of. Uh, help from you know the thoughts that we hopefully have provoked um you know it's definitely it's worthwhile absolutely and i'm going to just say say it out there if at any point someone this is something we can entertain in the future we haven't thought about it before but like if someone at some point wanted to you know uh, share like they think they have an interesting story that you know somebody may learn from and they're they're comfortable enough to to, to you know to to do this do this publicly you know at any point feel free to to reach out to us and perhaps we can do like a, a future uh, podcast or something um you know where we can can uh, what would you think about that peter like if somebody was let's say you know, interested to share a story and they wanted to do like through, you know, have a philosophical discussion about it, like the lessons they learn, you know, pitfalls to avoid and things like that. Well, how, how does that sound? I think that would be, I think that would be really great if somebody was comfortable enough and and is, is willing to to put themselves out there and, and, and share their experience. I think that would be of enormous benefit because this is, this will be somebody who has firsthand um, experience in the area and like, there's no um there's no substitute for experience and you know for somebody to tell a story like that it would be yeah it would be really good and i think our listeners hopefully would would find it very helpful absolutely absolutely and again no 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 pressure it's just like basically it's we're offering an avenue for anybody who thinks it might be you know helpful and uh, otherwise uh you know cathartic or an opportunity to to help uh, other people and uh and with that thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next week thank you peter yeah thank you duncan we'll see you next week take care yeah. thanks for listening to chasing poker greatness you can subscribe on apple podcasts or on your favorite podcast app go to chasingpokergreatness.com to get the newsletter join the greatness village community book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.